Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Horror Hour. I'm one of the co-hosts here, Yutaka. Hello. And today, I had the honor of getting to sit down and talk with Simon Barrett. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in. Yeah. Simon Barrett. Yeah. You're next. The guest. VHS. VHS 2. And now his directorial debut, which he also wrote, Seance Drops Tomorrow on Shudder. And then a week later... VHS 94, which he also directed a segment. So stick around for the interview. Bye. <laughs> I'm Yutaka. I'm with the Horror Hour. Uh, my co-host Ben and George couldn't be with us today. Uh, you know, I got them to partake in a seance and haven't actually heard of them since. So I'm okay with that. To be honest, uh, I don't I don't really like those guys. <laughs> that works for me. Yeah, yeah I was going to say something. I was actually going to tell uh, the, the PR company that kind of, yeah, but I, I, so it's good. I didn't have time. So this worked out really perfectly for me. <laughs> well, I mean, us Missourians have to stick together. So. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that they weren't from Missouri. I mean, if I'd known that, I actually might have refused to do this whole interview. So I'm glad actually that just came up now. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I appreciate you being here. Uh, and so we're here to really actually talk about a couple things. Uh, Seance, which was you wrote, and it's your directorial debut, which I actually saw back in, I want to say May, when it actually was released. Nice. Um, and then that's the right time to have seen it. <laughs> I um, unfortunately here in Missouri, some things were closed, but I was thankful to see it on PVOD. Um, I would have seen this in theaters. Uh, I'm, I'm more of the casual moviegoer, and this is one I've already actually seen six, seven times now. But Thank yeah. you. Wow. Well, you know, it's actually a point of a, I, I, I'm personally a little disappointed that I wasn't actually able to get a Missouri screening for seance together. It was, it was a specific failure of the pandemic. Usually I can twist like ragtag's arm in Columbia, but you know, this time I was like, all right, you guys are busy. Got um, I, I did, however, attend a screening in Kansas city right over the border. Oh, that would have been this would have been actually great to see on the big screen. Um, and actually, before we start, I also, I'm a huge dog person, so I have to ask actually how Hazel is doing. I follow you oh. on Twitter. I saw she uh, had yeah, knee she's, surgery. she's right here. This is her. She's, she's on crate, right? She doesn't like to, uh, if I if I leave the room since she's locked in her crate on the surgery thing, she doesn't she doesn't like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm keeping her out. I'm, I'm busy wheeling her in, but we can't put her in a normal crate because she'll chew it until she hurts her gums. So we have to put her in this like industrial box, but it's great because I can just like, literally it's like having like a turtle. I can just like wheel her from room to room. Um, yeah, and I don't, I mean, I assume this is the interview. I, I assume we already started. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just want to kind of break the ice that um, one, I'm a little nervous and who knows. Um, Oh but, no, all good. <laughs> with this film, I, I have to ask though, because again, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, but how is your experience um directing this since this is your first big directorial, you know, this is your big well, I mean, you know, uh, Seance Seance was a, a a real challenge for me. Um, you know, not it it wasn't like we had a totally tiny amount of resources on the film, you know, it, it was a 22-day shooting schedule, which is tight, but not, you know absurd but because we had so many locations because we weren't actually able to find a you know a school that was willing to accommodate us um once they read the script um you know it ended up being you know one of those indie film shoots that's just like you realize going into it like like it's going to be tough you you've bitten off more than you can chew and you know obviously i had experienced 
doing that, you know, with like your next and, and working on things with Adam, uh, you know, especially at the beginning kind of our, of our careers. Um, so I wasn't like stressed about it, but you know, cause that's just what movie making is. You kind of set in your mind the absolute minimum you think you can make a film for and then subtract usually about 20% and oh, wow. that's what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, and it's true. So you, you know, you just have to make compromises. That's just the economic realities of filmmaking. Like no one's going to give you, uh, you know, the budget you want. They want to give you the least amount they think they can possibly get a commercial product from generally, um, you know, which makes financial sense, but, uh, you know, can, can lead to bad cinema from time to time. Um, you know, with Seance, yeah, I mean, I knew I knew it was going to be a challenge going into it, and I hadn't really worked with anyone involved in the film before, um, you know, just because of kind of how things ended up working out, you know, it, it was all new people, I was in a new place, you know, Winnipeg, uh, and and just working with a completely new crew and, and team of kind of producers and stuff, and that's just how the project ended up coming together, and um you know, ultimately you're responsible for kind of everything in a situation like that. And it was, it was challenging and I, it was stressful, but I mean, I did find it creatively really satisfying and exciting. Um, I mean, I guess that's the simplest answer is, you know, it was stressful and it was a lot of work, um, even more, you know, than I expected going into it with my experience, you know, hands-on producing, you know, a lot of really small films, um, films with smaller budgets than Seance even, you know, um, but, nonetheless like I did get everything I wanted from it you know I was kind of able to I, you know I enjoyed the process of of being able to be really creative visually in a way that like there's no point in me trying to contribute to that stuff kind of when Adam is directing because he just has his own kind of vision for projects mm -hmm. and I usually agree with it but um you know it is nice to be able to do your own thing sometimes and and I had a I so I, I ultimately you know would love to do it again uh but it, it was tough it was a lot of work I mean it the product itself, I, I really, you know, I, I guess I couldn't tell that it was that much, you know, of a challenge for you because again, I've seen it so many times because I just enjoy it um, because it, one, uh, you know, growing up, there was just one thing in our household. You, you just don't mess with either Ouija boards or say, like any seances, anything like that. And so I kind of get like the, the heebie-jeebies. Um, so going into it, I was like, well, I'm already a little unsettled. And um, come to find out, though, certain scenes like the hallways are being so tight and the rooms are so tiny is that I also felt claustrophobic, which, again, I love when a film can just elevate my heart rate. And that's what I felt I was getting with this film. And then you added the, the bits of comedy. And also, I think um, Suki was just an absolute delight. She was anytime she was on screen, I was just smiling just because of um her line delivery along with um, Madison Beatty I mean I really enjoyed your cast uh in this film you know it's interesting uh you know it, it's interesting the things that you decide as a director to like choose realism for you know because you mentioned the kind of claustrophobia of the setting and and you know once we realized we weren't going to be allowed to film in any actual dorms um, and I figured out that probably, you know, or my, I should say my production designer, Marlena Fihiri or Mars is, is how she goes by in the film. Uh, you know, she really figured out that the best thing for us to do is probably build a dorm room that we could use for every dorm setting and then marry that to a hallway in a bank building in an abandoned bank building that we figured out kind of aesthetically looked like a mm -hmm. dorm hallway. The problem with that hallway is it was just simply too narrow. Uh, so it was 
hard I couldn't really put extras kind of walking up and down the hallway because you'd have to like have the actors like get out of their way and then it would be a, like a bit of distracting blocking of like why did they why did they interrupt the scene with that um so you know I'm aware that some of the scenes feel kind of unnaturally sparse at times but what I liked about it was that you know I didn't I didn't go to private school or anything you know uh I went to college uh, and I lived in a dorm for a short period but I always and I was always kind of bothered by um I just had never really seen a film capture like the shittiness of, of, <laughs> of a dorm room and, and just like how small and, and generally really depressing they are. Yeah, that's and, very true. you know, that was something Marlena, you know, she really went out and like found the actual like maximum kind of measurements for a dorm or like realistically that a dorm room would be. And then it became very, then it became an argument with Kareem uh, Hussein, <laughs> our, our cinematographer on the project, wonderful DP. Um, who, you know, we're shooting this movie anamorphic, uh, which means, you know, you need a lot of distance um, for your lenses. You're, you're kind of doubling the length, you know, you know the distance you need um, whenever you're shooting anamorphic. And, and so, you know, it, it's really hard to be uptight against the actors, but it kind of led us to have to embrace, um, you know, using kind of wide lenses because, you know, I agreed with Marlena. It's like, we can't, make these spaces unrealistically large but mm -hmm. i also agree with kareem which is like wait if we how are we putting a camera on tracks in this room <laughs> you know there's 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 no space for it so you know so it was it was fun i mean that was kind of that was actually probably you know part of the film that i got to most like design uh, just that even though you know again we didn't have the resources to do much in in this build wasn't taking place on a sound stage but in an abandoned section of a storage facility um but you know but i mean you know you make it work uh but yeah i, I liked the i liked that that felt to me realistic to to being in school however the funny thing is there's of course many things about seance that are not realistic including uh you know like the the, the actors and and also um well the actors performances are realistic but the stylization of them is a little heightened yeah and um you know and they don't plug their phones in and stuff like that but you know but it's it, like things like that i feel like don't matter so much in a movie like this but getting the rooms right does you know if everyone had these like opulent movie dorm rooms i think that would feel very fairly like ersatz you know it, it just wouldn't be right well i i quite liked it because again it, you really got also got to focus on the the cast and the story mm -hmm. um it really added to that element and like i said i i claustrophobic and again just loved that and i I guess I'd also like to ask about those masks because those were creepy and I want to know what kind of because I remember obviously the masks in your next also just one of my favorite films but uh, this one this one was kind of just um, almost like disformed or disfigured and I was just like it was just creepy to see them come out with it and I'm like ooh you know again it, it, it's it's this like weird uh you know, as a director, you find out kind of what your personal sensibility is. And I kind of like to adhere to realism and like a few things that matter. And, and one thing that always mattered to me is in horror movies, I felt like they were scarier if it really made sense to me how the killer like actually would be wearing their mask, you know, or, or I guess like how to put this. It's like I think the Michael Myers mask is so great because it does just kind of feel like something a crazy guy would find in a store and put on and it would be scary 
but it also, you know, feels real. Um, but some masks are so stylized that it, uh, you know, it, I mean, I just saw Patrick Bryce's movie, uh, There's Someone Inside Your House, and, and the, the uh, you know, there's a, the, the killer in that film, 3D prints uh, oh, their, their masks. Uh, I won't spoil anything, but, um, you know, they actually make a joke of, of how elaborate it is. Um, which I thought was clever. Uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I wanted the masks to feel like they were made by, by teenagers with little resources. <laughs> um, and, you know, we had them made, um, uh, again, Mars, Mars Fiheri arranged this, uh, you know, uh, they were made by a local mask maker in Winnipeg, who I never actually was able to directly interact with. I just oh. like understood that we had very little time. And there was like one person. So I was just like, okay, and that was what I got back. And I was like, all right, this is it. So I think I had like one notes pass. Uh, and I had him enlarge the eyes a little bit because originally I thought they were actually kind of unsafe for the actors to be wearing. I mean, oh. that's a problem when you cast <laughs> movies course. with masks um, <laughs> that I think the audience doesn't think about. I mean, for example, in your next, Elsie um, Holt, who, you know, who plays the lamb mask killer, you know, he could barely see. And, you know, and he's kind of climbing in and out of windows with that mask on because it was those little narrow, we, yeah. you know, we cut those little narrow slits in the eyes so it would look kind of like goat eyes. Um, that was just an aesthetic that, that, that Tom Hammack and Adam and I thought was cool. Tom was the production designer on your next. Um, and, um, you know, so, so the masks in Seance, like, like were a little dangerous, uh, you know, like with, with what the characters <laughs> are doing with them on, you know, and those fight scenes and such, you know, it, 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 it's, it's much harder if you can only see, you know, a narrow little piece of, of, of directly in front of yourself. So that was, and that was, that was basically, that was my, like, that was what I got. I was like, yeah, can you make the eyes a little bigger? And then I was like, okay, he's done. Uh, so I assume we paid him very, very, very little. Uh, but, you know, but I, I, I like that aesthetic. I think it, it kind of does feel, it, it again feels real to what they would actually be able to do. Uh, and, and I like that it like is almost a, endearingly sloppy and shitty and and you know I, I think that's kind of interesting so I like that I mean you know it, the cast I think also you mentioned you know Madison Beatty and Suki and and uh, both of whom I, I think are just amazing and love working with like and and I can get into specifics but you know but I think uh, when they saw the mask they were kind of like oh, okay <laughs> like, <laughs> what's, what's the tone of this and I was like yeah we're figuring it out <laughs> um you know, I actually also have to say with um, thinking of Suki, and then I also think of also Sharni Vincent as well. I, I really enjoy how you've written. Um, we, we, we see our normal final girls, but these two are just, you know, as soon as you meet them, there's just something different about them. They're, they're smart, they're strong, and they're willing just to hop into danger. And I think um, just the one difference with Camille Meadows, though, is I loved that snarkiness. And I'm curious, was that part of uh, your writing or did uh, Suki kind of add to that? There's an interesting, uh, yeah, you said something interesting in there, which is, you know, I, I don't personally like it in movies when characters are too, like, I don't know how to phrase it, like, like too just like, pointlessly aggressive towards other characters mm -hmm. um you know the, the, there's a certain type of snark that i think people sometimes insert into characters especially in horror films where they're just trying to kind of generate conflict because they're just kind of told that that's what a movie needs mm -hmm. um and and what it can result in is characters that are just like pettily bickering about you know things that the audience has no investment in and it can be very uh i think distancing for most viewers 
And I'm sure you can think of millions of examples. So, you know, so it, it, it's tricky because, you know, but, but what they're kind of getting at is something that I think overall can be good, which is you kind of do want your main character to be like a little bit ahead of the rest of the characters and a little bit ahead of the audience and, and to have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, just because, you know, and especially in kind of the revenge horror, which, you know, in, in different ways is, is kind of what Seance and Your Next are both kind of mm -hmm. doing at certain times. You know, I, I tend to be attracted to kind of vengeance cinema, um, you know, particularly, I think like, you know, most of my influences are that kind of like Hong Kong cinema of the 80s and 90s. And, and oh, that's, that's really what, what, what inspired me the most. <laughs> um, and yeah, and like most of the filmmakers that I really get along with kind of like Adam and or Gareth Evans, you know, people who, who I admire, you know, we all kind of grew up speaking the same cinematic language of those films. Because, um, you know, that, that was definitely the most interesting filmmaking going on, you know, when I was kind of becoming aware of what cinema really is as a teenager and, and how I wanted to try to make it. Um, at any rate, uh, you know, just kind of getting, getting back to like your main question, you know, that kind of snarky or sarcastic humor, I think, can actually be very off-putting <laughs> if it's just done without a purpose or a direction. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so that's why I think like a key, you know, something that I think works um, better is if you have a character that ha that you kind of show has reason mm -hmm. you know, to, to, to be a bit, uh, you know, put upon, you know, in other words, I, I personally really like rooting for characters who are underdogs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I find that very appealing. Um, you know, but it's interesting, like you see that a lot in a lot of like anime, but it, but you don't see that in a ton of like Western narratives. I, I, I don't know why, like in Hollywood movies, we kind of want our, we want our heroes sometimes to already be successful. It's like actors want to be too cool or something. Um, and, <laughs> it doesn't and, and make them real when they're like that. I just don't relate to it. I, I you know, I, I can't relate to someone who's not a bit damaged. Um, and, and, and I'm just not like, I'm not sure I'm just like interested in, in taking that journey. I mean, look, whatever, you know, like, do I like Marvel movies? Yeah, I like some of them. I'm, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a great pull quote for that. You know, they're fine. Um, well, but you it, mentioned it is, anime, so I'm. Things. Well, I mean, you know, I, I can definitely shit all over like some beloved ones if we want to pull get a good headline. But, um, but like you know, but uh, with going back to Suki, you know, one of the things that made me really want to work with her specifically on Seance. And and, uh, and I think it's slightly different with in terms of Sharni Vincent in your next, but but I, I I think you know I had a similarly great experience working with her. Um, like neither one of them was kind of afraid of looking a little bit foolish or silly, you know. Like in other words, they both understood that they would that if they tried to look cool from the very start, it wouldn't actually be cool, and that like tough people don't act tough they just steadily reveal their toughness if the mm -hmm. circumstances require it. And that's much more, I think, compelling and effective than just having your characters be, you know, pointlessly, you know, off-putting or, or have, you know, just like chips on their shoulders that the audience doesn't even understand from like the beginning of scene one. And again, I can think of a lot of horror <laughs> films and, and recent ones that have done this, you know, it's just just a way of generating, you know, I guess sparks on screen. But to me, those sparks are just irritating <laughs> if I don't know what the character's, you know, real vibe is and, and what their kind of energy is and, and why they why they feel that way. So so Suki really got that. And she she was not afraid, you know, to um, you know, appear clumsy, ridiculous, you know, absurd, you know, et cetera, kind of whatever the scene called for, because I think she understood that ultimately you know, the character would be more fun that way if the character wasn't just like one note. 
um, and 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 we let her coolness kind of feel more earned as the film goes on. I mean, and I won't spoil anything. And I, I'll be honest, I spoil a lot of things for myself, but I didn't see the twists coming at oh, the yeah. end. And I think that's part of, again, why I really enjoyed it. But then I think that's also what uh, made um, Suki's character just more like, I, I won't say the line, but I remember when um, a line was uttered and my jaw just hit the floor. I'm like, I didn't piece that together. Holy shit. That was incredible. I really loved it. I was like, yeah. yeah, there's there's um, I guess like some people have said, and and I think some people have said this as like a negative thing, uh, as oh. as, a, as a negative criticism of the film that Seance is like a bit of a tip of the iceberg movie where it's like we're hinting at a more interesting story and we're showing, and actually there's even more hints where if like you look like like really freeze frame some of the letters she's flipping through, um, you know, it, it kind of implies a bit more of a dark history and and how specifically Carrie might have helped the the Camille character out. And what their back history might have been that's a spoiler but whatever people won't people watching the movie won't be able to track what yeah. i just said <laughs> that's um, okay i didn't know, take it as a negative i i really enjoyed it so no i mean i i like doing i, I like doing murder mysteries and but I, what i was gonna say is like i think of that like quote from like there's like a why song that's like a sometimes simple on the surface means a complex structure underneath like straight lace tennis shoes hip-hop artist why he was from the oakland uh, anticon collective so he said just like weird poetic things like that i and i always had that in my mind uh, for like suki's character it's like we're gonna pr present her like totally straightforward um like a kind of clint eastwood rides into town you know like at the beginning of the western like that's her character and we're just gonna like have her she's just gonna be on a weird mission but only she knows what it is and even at the end of the movie the audience should be kind of like a little confused <laughs> by her mission and and how she got there I don't know. I know some people feel like it's it's very silly, but I I personally really do in, enjoy twists like that, and and I think uh, I think hinting at that kind of stuff can be really fun. And you know, and I had I had uh, you know honestly, I had financing producers on this project that were willing to trust me that that really bizarre choice uh, was a good one. And you know, I know some people definitely aren't into it and and you know and also furthermore I think there's a valid criticism that I've kind of done it a little bit before <laughs> the character that just like turns out to like be a little tougher than you'd expect and that's a fair criticism I, I I'm probably not going to stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to do it in a different way well uh again I really enjoyed her character I just enjoyed the movie um uh, yeah I'm really happy thank you so much I, it really it does it's really gratifying to hear especially that you watched it more than once because it is one of those things where like you know it's a murder mystery you never know like like do they do they hold up to repeat viewings is is a is a tough question you know it's a, but it's also uh i brought my dog in here so she wouldn't bark during the interview but she's You're starting fine. to snore so okay <laughs> so anyway um yeah she's uh, well now she heard me say dog so she's awake um yeah uh i forgot what i was talking about that's all right. I'll, um, I do want it since we have a little bit of time left. I also want to talk about VHS 94 because that also I just finished this morning and wow. Um, there's something uh, I, I would love a couple things. What convinced you to come back to the series? And I'm actually happy they took it back to the 90s. But also just as somebody growing up in St. Louis or Tornado Alley, your segment just really I was like, oh, this hits on so many different levels. Just the, the sights and then the sounds. Ooh. Yeah, I really want to talk about the tornado of it all, because <laughs> a very funny thing about this that I discovered 
is, you know, we made this up in Toronto or actually Burlington, Ontario uh, during, uh, during COVID. So it was actually filmed in a COVID bubble. Okay. Uh, one, of the, one of those intense productions because Ontario was on full lockdown then. It was actually oh, yeah. really hard to get like costumes and props and like meat, meat crew and stuff. I never met my costume designer on this film. Oh, wow. Uh, although I specifically hired her like just for my segment and, and, <laughs> and like, you know, like it, it was complicated, but yeah. Um, but, but what I discovered is that people up in Canada, like don't really even understand what tornadoes are. And then I furthermore discovered that people in Los Angeles don't really understand what they are. So I actually like, so my sound team on this are, uh, Jeff Pitts and, uh, Andy Hay is the sound mixer. Jeff Pitts is my sound editor. Uh, they worked on seance. They worked on Blair Witch. They worked on the guests that like long time collaborators. The only people actually that I was able to bring on to seance that I'd worked with before. And they, of course, came on to do VHS 94 and work with all the directors. But I really had to be like, no, like there's a there's a haunting quality. Because when I was a little kid, you know, you remember being like woken up. And if you're mm -hmm. lucky, so I grew up, I, I lived in a little bit in the kind of like a duplex and like a trailer park where we did not have a basement. Uh, actually, a couple of places I lived with my sister and I lived with my mom. Uh, and, you know, after my parents got divorced, my mom lived in a couple of places that did not have basements. You know, they were like these kind of, you know, trailers, basically. And as you know, trailer parks... Trailer parks and tornadoes. They don't mix. <laughs> not, not, not a good mix. Not a good mix. So I remember growing up being like specifically terrified of like, like hearing that siren, that like wail, and you just get like a sick feeling in your stomach. Yep. You, when you're a little kid, stuff that's so outside of your control feels really, truly terrifying. So it's like people out here have like, like, I know, I know, um, I have a few friends who grew up out here in California. They get really freaked out by earthquakes, whereas I'm just like, oh, we're... <laughs> But, you know, I don't I don't have any frightening associations with it yet. You yeah. Know, knock on wood, I guess I should say. But um, <laughs> but with tornadoes, you know, I do remember being at like my junior high school and watching the roof get lifted off a of pizza hut, you know, across the street from us during a tornado. Like, I really do remember like the sky turning like that dark purple. And you're like, whoa. So I wanted to do a tornado horror movie. <laughs> and uh, and I and then I made Ooh. it with like no people that knew what a tornado was, what that siren was supposed <laughs> to sound like, what, what even like, like, you know, what even how even a tornado hitting a window, how it even looks, you know, because that's something I'd seen in person. Uh, so, you know, so, so, you know, there's a lot about the design of the tornado in my segment that like I really specifically, you know, massaged. Uh, I mean, I, you know. I felt it. I was just like, man, I, I was like, I haven't seen that in a horror film in a very long time, but I, I know it. I mean, it's, you are correct. I, I, you know, have always had the, um, I guess, luxury of a basement, but I remember being, you know, parents waking us up and like we need to get to the basement well yeah and then, well then you do if you do have the luxury of basement which ultimately my mom did move into a house where she still lives and and then you really get rushed into the basement it's terrifying too you're like hiding it you're sitting in the basement waiting to see if your house is like taken away and you're gonna die oh my god it's and then well we grew up with pets and that was always like where's our dog where where, where are they oh, yeah. and you, you gotta make oh man it's... gotta get the cats down here <laughs> if they're outdoor cats you don't know where they are you're like am i ever yep. gonna see a cat again yeah, yeah, no, it's intense. And, but, you know, but it's funny. I mean, that's not a universal experience. So I, I, you know, one of the reasons we didn't actually specifically set your next at Thanksgiving, which has been a question I've been asked over the years is because we were like, well, they don't have Thanksgiving in other countries. Mm -hmm. And it's also like a holiday that people here, I think, feel very conflicted about. So, <laughs> yes. you know, so, so why would we like, why would we limit the audience of this film so completely, you know, if we could possibly get it in front of international viewers, which ultimately we were able to do. So it was, it, you know, with VHS 94, I kind of just wanted to, 
wanted people to understand that 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 it was like a windstorm but i'm actually not so i'm now i'm worried that like, people don't even know what tornadoes are oh. um in like parts <laughs> of the world but whatever whatever you know it's well, i, I think it's those of us in the midwest will i mean yeah, it's it's a movie for the Midwesterners. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I do want to say that I, I'm excited that both of these are going to shutter. I think they're going to have a wonderful audience there. Um, and actually, it's looking at it, Seance uh, drops tomorrow. And mm-hmm. then uh, VHS 94 is October 6th. And One week later. I, I can't wait. For, I can't wait for people to see it. And I, I've been really happy to see everybody's response from uh, Fantastic Fest. I'm so jealous of everyone that got to go to that because that looked amazing. And yeah, I mean, films. in answer to kind of the first half of the question you'd asked, uh, you know, I mean, the, the thing that brought me back, because I, 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 to be honest, I, I did not have a desire to do another one of these, and which is why I was not involved in the third one. Um, at that point, Adam and I were so sick of them. And I think producer Roxanne Benjamin bailed around that time as well. Uh, that we were just like, you know, give our points to, you know, to Brad Miska, <laughs> Zach Seaman, they deserve them. And, <laughs> you know, you guys are on your own. And, and you know, because we had points in a third movie, because uh, we had points in the second film. And then we were like, no, nah, you, can, you can keep those. Uh, and, 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 and we were really done. Like, you know, like I, I'd wanted to continue the kind of wraparound story that I've been building. But just after doing them, two, two of them back to back, I just had no creative interest. Um, and you know, the, the, there there were so there were a couple things that really appealed to me. First was being offered a segment to direct, which mm-hmm. I had not done before. And you know, by the time you know the movie was reaching the point where it, it was getting real, was an idea that excited me. Um, and but then secondarily, it was the team that was involved. I mean, you know, I was I was excited, of course, to work with Brad Miska. You know, again, you know, he's a buddy, but like, you know, it was also like when I was like, oh, so like David Bruckner's back, Radio Silence are back. You know, we're, we've all been friends since the first movie. Plus, like, Timo was it? Timo was attached, and at that time, Chloe Acuno, uh, who I was excited to work with because I'd seen her short film uh, that she made a few years prior. And so I was kind of like, okay, this is a really good group, and I would be really foolish to to turn this down, especially because you know, by the time again, it was getting real you know, it was kind of like, oh, well, we're filming during COVID, which on one hand was a nightmare and really stressful and really presented a lot of challenges that I could not have predicted uh, that that every day it felt like nearly broke us completely as a film. Oh, wow. Like like it felt like every day you were fighting to save the movie, that level of indie film stress. But nonetheless, we had fairly decent budgets so we could actually afford the kind of gore prosthetics uh, that we'd never really Ooh. been able to do before on these movies, <laughs> even though, you know, the, the earlier films tried to be, with the exception, of course, of Gareth Evans and Timo, Timo Janto, uh, Safe Haven, you know, they, they were able to, but they like, I think they literally spent their own money finishing that movie. I mean, I, they, they, I know they did. I know Gore was wow. Like, like I think like they went into their own pockets to like finish Safe Haven and VHS two, which actually I feel terrible about. They shouldn't have had to do that, but but that's just the kind of like filmmakers they are. Um, you know, they just can't not deliver. Uh, so you know, but with the exception of of those guys, you know, we were always struggling with really kind of low budgets, and and you know, the budget was higher on this one. The creative team was there, and then you know, once Ryan Prowse, you know, I've always I, I was a huge fan of Low Life, so it and Jennifer Reeder, like it was just like the team was really good jennifer i'd been on a jury uh with in a, uh, the year prior so like i thought she was really cool so it was just like a really it was just like i couldn't not do that like when i heard everyone that was going to be involved i i would have um i i would have felt left out but i also <laughs> set out to do something i was like okay 
I kind of get what everyone's going to go for. I know what team, I know, you know, you can't compete with Timo in terms of the horror action stuff. You just can't like, there's no, don't try. Uh, so I, I was like, you know, I'm going to go for something that, you know, I think is more uniquely my sensibility. Something that's a little more old fashioned and a little, you know, more, uh, you know, it's not so much uh, the slapstick of say like Ryan's segment, which I, I love uh, to, to pieces, uh, terror. Um, but, you know, but there's some really overt comedy in Ryan's. I mean, I remember reading the script and being like, okay, so this is kind of like white supremacist Monty Python. <laughs> like, like I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. This is exactly the right choice. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, obviously this is going to divide some people uh, and it is, but, you know, but that's what the VHS movies, the VHS movies have always been somewhat confrontational um, in the sense that we would embrace our low budgets as an opportunity to do things that we otherwise wouldn't be allowed to get away with. Well, it's, it's honestly, it's fantastic. And I, I know we went a little bit over. So again, I just want to say thank you. This was a wonderful opportunity. I hope everyone, again, I love Shudder. Uh, and I just think it's just a, a perfect place for both of these. So thank you so much. Yeah, we got off to a late start because it means this is this worked out perfect. This was honestly, it was a pleasure. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you and very much for having me. You have been listening to the Horror Hour. See you next time.